Chucky. And I'm your friend to the end. Heidi fucking ho. And welcome back to Chucky Queers. It's our weekly Chucky coverage, and I'm Joe. And I'm Trace, and we're going to be discussing episode four called Just Let Go. You see how I'm like looking at my notes, like, like what is this called? I know. It's, um, <laughs> the episode titles are, are obviously dialogue related, and yet every week I'm just like, wait, what is the title again? I know. I mean, I think the show is very clever, but the show, the episode titles are not part of that clever aspect. So I'm like, I wish they were more memorable, but right. whatever. We have a hospital episode, Joe, following <sighs> up on last week's kind of a massive cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And... You know, as much as we said, oh, maybe it was episode two was like bridging the gap between like the kind of bonkers first episode to whatever the third episode was going to be. This Mm -hmm. kind of was the same thing, like, but more so bridging this first part of the story to, I mean, really whatever we're getting after this, which, wow, I'm not really making a lot of sense, am I? (laughs) No, no, I, I understand completely what you're saying, like. Episode two seemed like it was a bridge to like the introductory story about this queer kid and the bullying stuff. And then it was like, and Chucky's now going to be a bigger fixture. And then in episode three, that didn't exactly happen, but we did get that really epic fire. And it was like, now it's going to start to take off. And this episode kind of delves back a little bit and then scales it back up again at the end. Right. And I mean, I don't want to go too much into it, but the preview for next week does include one Mm -hmm. Tiffany and one Mika. So I mean, but even with the way this episode, I mean, sorry, not even the way it ends, but just episode as a whole, like we Mm -hmm. have Jake and Lexi taking center stage here, working together reluctantly. So Mm -hmm. what did you think of this, especially given the um, I don't know if she can come back from this remark you made about her prank? Yeah. Oh boy. The show is really playing with my emotions with this character (laughs) and I'm kind of loving it because I do think that she is a reprehensible bitch. Like we have called this teenage girl some really nasty comments and I think she's earned them. But then the show is also really careful at making sure that she's not just an inhuman villain that we want to die. Like I still want her to die. I'm still kind of secretly mm-hmm. hoping that Chucky is going to kill her. But then episodes like this clarified that she's not all bad. And it almost gave me these Buffy vibes where you're like, oh, people who shouldn't be working together are forced to work together. And it produces mm-hmm. some interesting conflict as a result. I, I agree. I like the Buffy comparison too. But yeah, I mean, one of my favorite narratives, is, I guess this is a trope, yeah, where, where like people on opposing sides mm-hmm. have to come together to work. I love that because yeah, you can, you can mine comedy out of it, but also like genuine character development. Yeah. The only problem I have with this episode really, um, it took Jake way too long to stand up for himself and be like, oh, sure. you're a fucking cunt. Like, why Why wouldn't I want to kill you? Right. It instead came first from her parents, who at least got to, like, mm-hmm. deliver her some, like, you're a bitch and we hate you, child. <laughs> oh, boy. Those parents are reprehensible as well. But um, I will say, not, not to detour too much away from the Jake and Lexi stuff, because I do think that's the heart of this episode. But I did really enjoy the parental conflict when all of them went at each other in the waiting room. I was like, yes. let's dish because you are all shitty parents and it's time for you to call each other out. Yeah, I mean, because the parents are kind of like, they're the aspect of the show that has really been the least developed and probably underserved from a narrative standpoint. So mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you. I liked this confrontation in front of the vending machine, but I was like, oh, I want more. But then when they dragged Devin's mom into it, I was like, oh, good, because yes. she's really getting on my nerves too. <laughs> 
I just, she's such a perplexing character to me because she has obviously honed in on Jake and she mm-hmm. clearly thinks that he is the one committing these murders. Like, never mind the doll. The doll is just at the scene yeah. of the crime. And I do think that's fascinating. I do think it's important in terms of like, we need to have a cop character in the mix to keep this a little bit realistic. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm just perplexed that in this episode, she questions Jake, a minor with yes. no parents, no even though the parents nothing. are at the hospital, mm-hmm. no lawyer, no lawyers yeah. in this show, which is interesting yeah. as well. And it's a murder investigation. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they know from the get go that what's the kid's name that, that died last week? Oliver. 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 <laughs> Major you never characters. did learn his name. <laughs> I have it in my notes, but I didn't want to look. I mean, I have like a lot of notes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Good. Um, but yeah, no, uh, and, and again, like we don't really get a lot from Devin here. And I think I've said before that he's, uh, it, it's not the actor's fault, but again, like he's just kind of like Blandy McBlanderson right now. So mm-hmm. given with what this episode does, I mean, luckily it, it gives him agency. He figures out the Chucky stuff pretty fucking quick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, he's got that true crime podcast, so we know that he knows how to do research. And mm-hmm. I do like how that gets used as a narrative device to then instigate more flashbacks as we get to see Charles Lee Ray as a 14 yes. year old at a boy's home. And there's like this complicated backstory. And of course it has a little Easter egg tied into the original child's play film. Yeah. So this is the Eddie Caputo mention, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, okay. Refresh. Is he the one that, that Chucky blows up his house Correct. in the first movie. Okay, okay, yeah. perfect. I should have done that before I came in, but I was like, I know, I know that name, Eddie. Caputo. Oh, I knew the name, and then was like, Google, <laughs> like Eddie Caputo, Child's Play. This is something too. I mean, I, I think we'll have more to talk about in this area next week because I mean, we're bringing Tiffany and Nika, so it's yeah. gonna obviously ideally play off of some of the stuff from cult of chucky but like mm-hmm. this is a, uh this eddie caputo but it's really a mention for fans it doesn't affect the quality of the show or your enjoyment of it if you don't know who eddie caputo is no and that's the best way to put in an easter egg right like all yes. of us who know chucky are like oh i know that or bing i know exactly who that is but casual fans who might never have consumed a chucky film will just be like oh okay so this is more grooming mentorship from a burgeoning serial killer got it Right. Um, now, of course, based on your complaint last week about how the ickiness you felt with the uh, older person grooming younger person, um, was mm-hmm. some of that assuaged this week since Jake does say no? I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I maybe came down a little bit hard on the show last week, but it was just because it was the most interesting yeah. kind of queer horror related topic to discuss. This continues that trajectory, but I think it softens it to because we're not using sexual language and it's not about a child. Like I know that Eddie is still quite a bit younger than Charles Lee Ray in these flashbacks, but it felt more like Chucky is trying to create connections with people that he thinks he can manipulate. And I do think that that's, a safer way to explore the way that Chucky grooms people. So it's not about like, oh, I'm seeking out young boys. It's like, I'm looking to make connections over the fact that we like dead things. Well, it's, yeah, it's also more the fact, I mean, I'm looking for, and it will not say young boys, because I'm sure there's a girl somewhere, or maybe Tiffany's targeting the girls, who knows? <laughs> right. But it's one of the, yeah, I mean, I think we we posited this last week, where it's, oh, maybe it's like a child army they're trying to build up. But I mean, it does look like that this aspect, at least with like, you know, Chucky grooming Jake, is now officially 
out over. the window maybe because yeah. now we do have the kids teaming up i mean mm-hmm. in the final shot of this is chucky flipping them off and they're all like oh shit oh with, yeah. by the way his two-faced face which i loved yeah i i it felt like that was another callback even to like the second mm-hmm. child's play movie where yeah. he gets like really disfigured in the finale so i i mean chucky has been plenty disfigured, disfigured over a the- lot <laughs> I mean, that, that's one of like the most stellar aspects of what is it when he gets the reveal, like he looks like the regular doll and then like, like they rub off the makeup or like the, the facial oh, prosthetics. Yes. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. That's Curse of Chucky. And okay. again, okay. I'm sorry. This is a lot. We can wrap up soon. But the other thing. Yeah. So with Curse of Chucky, I mean, when they released the image, the still image of Chucky and fans were, of course, fucking livid. They were like, mm-hmm. he looks like shit. Blah, blah, blah. Where, where are his scars? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, if you just shut the fuck up for a minute and wait for the movie to come out and watch the goddamn movie <laughs> there's they explain all that <laughs> and so it, i think it's so funny that uh you know yes obviously we are always quick to jump on like out of context publicity stills but particularly in this case i love the fact that fans were getting so irate about the fact that it seemed like we were not paying attention to continuity anymore and it's like oh no we're still doing that like it's one of don mancini's greatest gifts to this franchise and him being involved at every step of the way is like Mm. his memory and his willingness to address previous texts is like chef's gifts perfect it it feels like something that within this fan base though because like you know i I mean i I don't know how many times you've seen this but i've seen so many like oh the chucky show is actually good like Mm -hmm. remarks from people and it's like we're still doing this like we're four episodes in like i mean again because that that leads you to think oh people even fans of this franchise don't think the film entries are good or at least that a TV version of it couldn't possibly be any good. So I mean, I'm, obviously I'm glad it's good, but like a lot of these, well, actually things is just like, mm-hmm. it's kind of annoying. Like stop that people, just enjoy it. Just enjoy the show. <laughs> oh man, people can enjoy the show. People don't seem to understand the show. I mean, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, the fact that some people don't seem to think that there's any queerness in this show. It's all very perplexing. Listeners, I mean, so I mean, Joe of course does an article every week to, to, to go over the queerness in this show. Like, you know, he picks one queer scene usually goes through it um but yeah the, the comments on these articles i mean of course we have you know um from mr mark harrison uh, i'm assuming that's a, that's a pseudonym please stop with the liberal slash woke articles nobody's <laughs> interested in your playing the victim mentality that's that's directed directly at you yeah it, of course the the it that blah, blah blah this is woke pc crap you are meaning us queer folks mm-hmm. are three percent of the population and we think we have the right to tell this person that they have to watch a gay chucky or even a transgender superman which i'm just like well tr- superman was bi that that's where we're going with that but mm-hmm. it's just like all oh, these things so up in arms about this shit and it's like do you not follow narratives at all like the creator of this character is queer and like yeah. it, it's so fucking annoying that we're still dealing with this. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, like we, you and I have been doing this now for like many years and mm-hmm. we're kind of used to it, which I think is also why it gets under our, our skin because we're just like, it, it's in the title. We've been doing this for so long. You know what you're going to get when you're listening to us, when you're reading our stuff. Like this is, yeah. this is what we do. Setting that aside, not making it about us and just focusing on the show itself. It's like, you know, sure. Like sometimes we make a reach and it's a bit of a big swing. There's no fucking swinging here. It's not subtext. Like this is a gay show. It's about a gay teenage kid modeled on Don Mancini's childhood. He is an out and proud man has been for like 
his entire life of like 30 <laughs> years at least. Like this isn't a reach. This isn't us being liberal social justice snowflake warriors. We're literally just watching the show. You're the I know. idiot. Well, and the funny thing is like it's it, it, the queerness isn't something that's like I feel like is being shoved on. I mean, again, I have seen some queer things that it is like yeah, it's heavy-handed messaging. Like I mean, mm-hmm. like I may still like it or not like it, but like I'm aware when it's heavy handed. Nothing here has been heavy handed so far. So I'm just. Well, and that's the funniest thing. When the bloody article comes out, they also obviously tweet. And that goes out to like the million plus followers yep. on the bloody account. I've gotten a bunch of people be like, well, the show's not queer enough. It's not really doing anything interesting with queer. So I'm like, <laughs> well, which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> so basically we can't make anyone happy. So we're just no. going to enjoy the show on our own level and no. just not do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. You know what? Well, For the five of you who agree with us, then cool. Let's continue. Totally fine. We're just going to be angry buggers. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I mean, like, well, we've kind of already talked about Tiffany and uh, Nika coming up next week. But what, what do you foresee next week? Because I will tell you that I am fucking excited for their return. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've talked about this numerous times over the last couple of weeks. I think the show is great, even without Tiffany and Nika, Mm -hmm. but I'm so excited to see what that brand of madness is going to introduce into the show. Like, I actually really, you know, we haven't talked about the hospital horror-ness of Mm -hmm. this episode, the fact that Chucky double fists a bunch of syringes to the point that a man starts to bleed out of his fingers. Fingernails. (laughs) Which is like... Camp, sheer camp perfection. I fucking loved it. So that to me suggests that we are going to go into really wacky territory with Tiffany and Nika entering the picture. And I think we should prepare ourselves. I don't think they're going to be a huge part of the episode. I think they'll show up either in the beginning or the end as a kind of glorified cameo. And we'll slowly work them with, we'll slowly work them further into I the know, proper episode later. A part of me is hoping that what we get next week is actually like an entirely like we're devoting this to t- uh, Tiffany and Nika to oh. like bridge the gap between Cult oh. and this series. Now that would be fascinating. I-, I hope that's what happens, but you know, I mean, but I think you're right though. I think I think it is going to get wilder because I mean, really, the arrival of Tiffany in the movie franchise was the shift of the franchise mm-hmm. from like more straightforward horror with a bit of comedy to like horror comedy than to comedy with like a bit of horror. <laughs> yeah. And I I will say, I know that fans have been very excited for the introduction of movie characters. Like we're still waiting for even more people, right? Like we're waiting for Kyle to show up and we're waiting for, I'm probably in the minority, but I hope that we also don't lose focus on the origins of this show, which is Jake, Jake and yeah. Lexi. And like, I, I, we need these teen characters to still be the center of the story because it is their story. I agree. Um, and uh, as of now, like I have faith in Nancy, me and co that we're Always. not going to lose track of that. So, well, um, all right. I guess that um, we'll kind of wrap this up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, until uh, next week when we get to episode five and we get Tiffany Valentine and Nico no last name back uh <laughs> <laughs> Nika Duraf, yeah obviously yes we can cross out just let go yes and cross out chucky quiz <laughs>